0: You're listening to Formby Podcast. In this podcast, we're talking to the National Trust, Isabel Spall, from the Dynamics Dune Project. She tells us all about what's happening down at the dunes, what are those notches that have been cut into the dunes, and why, what are the National Trust's plans for the conservation of the dunes. Here's Isabel Spall. In Liverpool, you obviously had a tobacco industry that was thriving. So tobacco was coming in from wherever via the port of Liverpool.
1: The British Nicotine Company um, was the company that um, began to uh, essentially dump the tobacco leaf waste on the dunes. Um, and that started in, in the early 50s um, and it occurred every year for, for almost 10 years, um, It's predicted about 20,000 tonnes per annum uh, of of wet tobacco loose was was dumped. So you can imagine how how huge that scale is. So the smell
0: must have been amazing.
1: I'm not sure about the smell then, but uh, the smell now, you can still certainly smell it. We still get um, sort of tobacco boulders, if you like, um, that fall out of the dunes, the frontal dunes and onto the beach. Um, And if you pick them, smell then, they've they've got a distinct smell to them. I wouldn't say it smells like a cigarette, but it's it's definitely an odd smell. It's sort of a tobacco smell. And could you? So, why was it dumped? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, obviously, um, I wasn't around then. Uh, National Trust weren't the, the landowners at the time. But there was an agreement between the private landowners and, and the company that needed somewhere to, to dump this stuff that they could dump it in at the time was um, asparagus fields or just sitting just behind the, those asparagus fields um, and just behind that, that band of dunes. I don't think back in the fifties the the dune systems were thought of as a as a wildlife haven that we know they are today. Um, I think they were sort of like as just a big pile of sand and it it wouldn't really have any effect um, on the wildlife or how the dunes moved um, or anything like that. I, I think they thought this is a good place to put it. We'll just pop it here.
0: Um, and were the dunes much? I mean, I know that the sea was much further out then, wasn't it? so in the 1950s you still had people living in the boathouse so the boathouse was still on the beach you still had so the dunes were much further there were more dunes were there in front of the sea and
1: there were there were there were, there were a lot f- uh, further west a lot there was a lot more sort of dune frontage where now we have beach and the sea um our, our dune system especially in, in the northern end of our site where Nicotine and, and Victoria Road are they roll back um, around four metres a year, um, and that's a natural process. Um, it happens dunes should should constantly be moving. That's what makes them so special. That's what makes, creates these incredible habitats, um, this mosaic of moving sand and grass and, and dune flora. Um, but as it's moved back, it's now exposed the, the tobacco waste on the front and created these cliffs, which has then prevented that sand movement into the dune system. And that's where the tobacco notches come into place, (laughs) cutting notches into the dune to basically restore that that process of uh, windblown sand from the beach up through the sand dune system. Um, And to recreate that habitat, it will overtop that area of nicotine waste and recreate the the dunes on top uh, and reconnect the two dune systems either side of that tobacco wasteland.
0: So are you cutting into the tobacco cliffs? Is that one of your notches is to remove these large to sort of nicotine boulders is
1: it yeah it's not so much to to remove the nicotine waste um that would be incredibly difficult it's so extensive within the area um and it's not toxic itself but the amount of it obviously has an effect on in the ecology it's very high in nutrition uh, and sand dune systems uh, naturally are very low in nutrients and the species that thrive off of that um so what essentially is it created it's created this big flat compost field um and created a barrier between the sand, two sand dune systems so by cutting essentially what is a, a u-shaped wedge in the front uh, that funnels all the way down to the beach and then back up into the dune system it basically allows a, a corridor where um sand from the beach can be blown back through and and over top that that waste
0: so you're just trying to cover it all back up again.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're essentially, we're just restoring those natural processes. If you were to walk right along Fornby Coast or Sefton Coast as a whole, you can see those natural undulations in the dunes where the dunes naturally dip down to beach level and then rise back up again. And that is to allow that windblown sand to feed through. It needs that constant feed of, of sand, the sand dune system, um, to, to create these habitats
0: and your habitats are for your natterjack toads and for your sand lizards and those little beetles.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's for a number of of species. Uh, mangrass itself thrives on that movement of sand. Um, it helps it, you know, and it outcompete anything. Um, a lot of other uh, plant species, June um, pansies, things like that. June helleboreens thrive in this kind of um, this kind of habitat. Um, the open sand patches are needed for basking lizards. Um, sand lizards uh, for sand lizards to bury their eggs for them to hibernate. Uh, similarly, natterjack toads need open sand patches to hibernate in. That sand movement also helps um, the the creation and the maintenance of our dune slacks. That constant scouring of sands uh, ensures that vegetation doesn't take over those dune slacks um, and that they stay at an optimum uh, level in the in the water table. And keeps vegetation out, which can encur- encourage other predators. So the movement of sand is incredibly important for a load of species that live within our sand dune system. The
0: leaves that were sort of left there could they have been taken and used to make into tobacco, or they were just are they just a waste product?
1: Exactly, yeah, they're just the waste product. Um, they were obviously uh, processed, and anything that was not used to then going to a cigarette was then uh, disposed of um, here at Formby. And you
0: couldn't take it today and make it into cigarettes and smoke it today?
1: Absolutely not, no. <laughs> I, I certainly wouldn't try that, no.
0: <laughs> You've not had a go at that. <laughs> no. And the problem really is is that it's just too fertile, is it?
1: It's one of the problems, yeah. So one of the problems, obviously, is uh, the amount of nutrients in it, which has then affected uh, the plant species that can grow. Um, and when you end up with such... Um, dense area of vegetation those root networks hold that soil together um and it stops that movement of sand it stops um a sand dune system moving the way it should and though it's just sort of well it's completely inhibited in, inhibited those processes um if you're stood right in the middle of it and, and you look um north you can see these big healthy sand dunes moving that are sort of 30 foot taller um than the others and then you look south and you see the exact same thing you know these beautiful sand dunes that are again thirty to forty, you know, feet taller, and then you're stood in this very low-lying, heavily vegetated, essentially field, um, and it's it's blocked. Um, it's created basically a barrier between those two dune systems, so species either side can't get across it. They really rely on that open sand even just for movement across. Um, so by by putting in these wedges and allowing the the sand to freely move again we hope that it will recreate the that sand dune right the way across uh, create great habitat once again and and then allow corridors of movement
0: so for the nicotine cliffs who um who's putting the money into it where's the money come from
1: so the money has come from um eu life um uh, money um <laughs> yeah and um it's and is that also... still
0: coming even though we've all voted brexit and to leave Europe.
1: Not anymore, unfortunately, no. So we, we got this funding back in twenty eighteen. Um it has to be spent by March twenty twenty three. Um so all the plans um for the for the dynamic dunescapes work will all be completed by March twenty twenty three. So you've got a lot of money to
0: spend, have you? Is that how much money was it for for the dunes?
1: The budget has been split. Um it's there's some um money obviously towards um what's happening with victoria road car park so there's options looking into victoria road car park at the minute the the removal and the possible um relocation of it so there's money that's gone towards that that's been part of dynamic Dunescapes, as well as uh, removing invasive species um you know putting in and restoring new natadat pools um things like that
0: so that's all that's all money from europe
1: here at Fulmby, that's all been EU money. The project as a whole is funded by EU LIFE and um, the Nas- National um, Heritage Lottery. And so, and go
0: going forward, because we're not now, um, we're not now in Europe. But where does the money come from now?
1: Personally, here at Fulmby, I don't know when we'll see another project like this again. Um, that's why I was really keen to um, to take it on and, and, and run with it. Um, we've been given such a such a uh, incredible opportunity to to restore these dunes and really help the wildlife here
0: so will your job come to an end then when the the money goes in march or do they re they have a new job for you
1: my role on the dynamic dunescapes will will yes come to an end uh, as the project officer for this as the project finishes um <laughs> i hope i'd hope there's another role around um I certainly will be staying. I have a permanent contract with um, a national trust for me, so I will be staying here. Um, but my 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 job title may change.
0: When it was dumped by um, the
1: company, it wasn't to
0: assist the growth of asparagus because the asparagus needs needs g- yeah it as does much. yeah
1: no it wasn't it was it was just an agreement. I think obviously the landowner at the time was obviously paid uh, a, a certain sum of money. Um, I assume. For it to be dumped, it was. I think it was just a business agreement, and it wasn't affecting his um, farming, uh, as far as they thought. It, it wasn't going to affect Junes, you know, and that probably wasn't also at the forefront of their minds. Um, and I think that's just sort of how it came about. Um, as I say, National Trust went went around when that agreement was made, so we're not entirely sure. We we know it happens, we're just not sure why.
0: And now the National Trust are here. They're, the the idea is that they're preserving everything as it stands today.
1: Hopefully not just preserving, but, you know, uh, making it better, you know, restoring life back to it, I, 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 would, I would hope. I'm Izzy Spall. I work for National Trust at Formby and the Project Officer for Dynamite Dunescapes.
0: Formby Podcast is an independent production. It comes to you free. If you'd like us to tell your story, or you know of a story, contact us at formepodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.